we gonna are we gonna be doing this now? I'm I'm already recording, bud. All right. Sorry. I was get my uh, Qui Gon rum look on. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Jedi rum look. Because your yeah. your video froze right when you did I, that. I gained a new. Uh, I knew... oh. oh, did it? Yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah. Um, I've gained a new uh, healthy respect. For all the ladies out there, like another respect, I respected you before, girls, but now I got long hair and it's curly and it's very hard to fucking manage. And like, shit be crazy, ladies. <laughs> I'm doing this for like less than a year and I'm like, fuck, I want to cut it like all the time. I just, I'm like, ah, little part of me is like, no, stick with it. And I, don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to do with it. I got this, like I said, Qui-Gon rum look. Just a drunk Jedi, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know so, what's funny is I was just saying to Kate, I think it was this morning, I was like, I need a haircut because I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to look Bushmany, which is scary for some of the clients I work with because we're just doing, like, video chats right now, right? Like, video conferencing. So suddenly, like, I'm working with, like, a young kid, like, 11, 12, 13 years old, and, like... I'm the face that pops up like, hello, let's talk about your feelings today. Like my beard is like going outwards. Well, when I looked up in the mirror this morning, my hair is up and I'm like, my hair is like two inches of curl away from being Phil Spector. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to talk to fucking Sully from fucking Monsters Inc. about their feelings, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, just anyway, there for uh, scares and laughs now. Uh, well, yeah. hello, people, and welcome to, uh, I think this is the ghettoest episode of Daddy Issues that we've done so far. Yeah, pretty ghetto. Like, this is the state of affairs of the world. It's more We're ghetto than even our first pilot episode, which isn't like really up anywhere other than SoundCloud. Um, you're in That's your right. you're right. in your van outside my house because we have different bubbles right now, and in Ontario we're under a stay at home order. Um, you know the stay at home order is says you can go out for anything that you deem to be essential because the government's not going to tell us what's essential. Uh, so we can go out for pretty much anything, but except for haircuts, except for haircuts, except for haircuts. And, uh, you know, if the police technically knocked on the door and Chris was over at our place, uh, that could be, that could be a thousand dollar ticket or something, something like that. Nobody knows who's enforcing what. So it's just safer that Chris hots onto our Wi-Fi and, uh, hangs out. Hangs out remotely for a moment or two. So if there's a little bit of delay, don't worry. This is this is new for us. This is uh, new for you. Yeah. It, it, there might even be video I'm, I'm that sure comes with this. Yeah, I'm sure the rest of the world is like, we've been doing this for years. Thanks for catching up, assholes. <laughs> they're like, they're like, you guys look young and smart enough to to fucking figure okay. this out. And I'm like, catch that. Catch that wave, yeah. Like the only wave we were riding is that wave of fucking obesity into the couch. We're like, Argh. hey, Fuck. dude, I'm under two hundred pounds for the first time since I was eighteen years old. Fuck you! I'm like two eighty five. I'm fucking fat right now. Oh, uh, I hit one ninety two. I guess that. Wow, dude. I'm gonna get you a medal, but it's gonna be made out of lard. Just so you can fucking eat it, not be less of a ah uh, whatever. No, you, you know what I'll do with lard is I'll like cook it up in a pot and throw some chicken wings in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah fuck the air fryer. Go fucking regular full tilts on that one. I don't, I don't have either fryer. I use an oven. Like, what's wrong with using an oven to cook your shit? Everyone's like air fryer, deep fryer, crock pot, and I'm just like three fifty. But if it's wings, you gotta really turn that shit up, man. You go to 425, get them crispy. I do the same thing. 
So we've actually been doing through lockdown, we've been doing um, a whole lot of chef's plate and hello fresh and good meal and shit like that. And this isn't a, this is not a sponsored ad because I know that you guys use your fucking podcast to sponsor that shit. Um, you know, I will say the, the last week's chicken they sent us has been very, very grisly, very grisly. We've been very disappointed uh, I think it's chef's plate. Yeah, chef's plate. We're very disappointed in your chicken. Uh, but regardless, they um, they have like all the cooking instructions. Everyone on the oven is 450. Always on the oven. They spike it up to 450. So like 450 has been kind of my average cooking temperature as of late. That seems a little hot. But I, for the wings and the crispiness, yeah, you got to jack that shit up. Yeah. But uh, no, we've uh, it's been interesting. We, I don't know. It's been uh, second lockdown, or is this third? Now is the second or third? I don't. This? I don't even know what lockdown this is. Like this, I feel like we've been in a state of lockdown for so long, but we're in different stay-at-home orders. Yeah, because I'm like bottom tier of essential service, right? Like I consider primary healthcare workers, frontline workers, uh, support social workers. And then I, and then right behind them, I, I go with uh, all the people still delivering assets and, and like delivering, uh, uh, like road workers, truck drivers. Uh, I consider them essential as well. And then I'm like, and then construction's just below that. For me, like, it's kind of how I see everything. Construction and then, like, whatever's left of the restaurant food industry and the delivery services. Like, who would have thought, like, Philip J. Fry has one of the best jobs in 2020 and he's a character from fucking Futurama a thousand years in the future. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Some lady just looked at me like I was crazy talking to my dashboard. Yeah, that nice sorry. Dog. That's my next door neighbor, uh, and that's their dog Cooper. And she would be looking at you like you're crazy because she knows that's my parking spot that you're in, and she knows that you look like a crazy man. Yes, yes. But she kind of looked at me like that's a cute crazy there. I don't know. Oh, Weird. Well, she's she's got a husband. But uh, swinger. Swinger is what you're saying to me. next 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 time that <laughs> we're chatting, I'll I'll be like, uh, so my buddy thinks that you think he might be cute, crazy, crazy, cute. No, cute, crazy, because because crazy, cute is like extra cute. But you're like crazy and cute. Yes. Yes, there you go. Yes. Yeah, that, that'll go over seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it, you've heard it here on the podcast first, Amanda. Uh, not that you're listening. <laughs> I know you're not listening. <laughs> you you literally said one time like after a year of us doing this, I don't think I've listened to an episode of your podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just for that, we snubbed you and buried the fucking episode we recorded with our women just before lockdown happened. Well, <laughs> it was, it just, it was so, here's the problem with some of our episodes is we record them in advance. And then, you know, with everything that's been happening with coronavirus is two weeks later, it feels like it's been two years. And so dropping something feels really irrelevant. And like we were making jokes about the coronavirus and we were making jokes about like COVID parties and stuff like that on that episode recorded at the beginning of March. And then suddenly when it was supposed to drop at the end of March, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We've taken this shit seriously. I don't want to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I get the timing of a lot of our stuff. Yeah. And we He's were not very poignant. <laughs> we got we got we got Kate White Girl wasted on wine as well. And she's just sitting there like mumbling away and she's like, I really don't want you to put that on there. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh we'll just we'll just wait for the wedding to drop the video, I guess. Right? Just do excerpts from it. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing is I can you're, always go back to wedding. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what maybe <laughs> that'll be funny because yeah, i was about to say we'll also like 
I'll I'll have some more motivation. This is good for us to be doing this podcast again because like I've had no motivation over the last couple of months of like this lockdown. So getting more motivation to go back to some of those episodes that we recorded and I'm like, I don't feel like we can post that episode, but just be able to take clips of them and be able to put them in places will be really funny. Yeah, it'll just be our new ads. Be like, <laughs> save wisdom from lives. <laughs> just it's like, yeah, it's like it's like our new ads in 2023 are, hey man, a COVID party. That sounds like a lot of fun. And we'll be able to joke about it like chicken pox parties. Um, and we'll be able to put some of the sound clips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I see your neighbor's trying to cut down his fence gate with a with a hacksaw. How many doors down? Like right next to you. Right next. You can literally pick out the window and see what he's doing. He's he's taking a saw to that fence. That fence was like erected right before they moved in, and they only moved in last April. It's rubbing on the ground because there's not enough ground clearance. Remember how I left four or five inches when we did your gate? Mm. My gate's yeah. broken again. We'll have to talk about I that. Know, because, yeah, I see it's at an angle and all pitched weird and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Too. We're, we can actually see each other, everybody. I don't know if you can see me, but I can see you. Through the window? To the wall. The sweat dripped down my balls. Skeet, skeet. <laughs> yeah, there's the delay. There's the delay. <laughs> it's funny. We are actually almost just as close as if we were in the murder room, yet uh, there's like a two second delay. Yes, yes. It's, it's a, what a weird new world that these. Internet signals go all the way towards the server and then back. Let's just take a moment to pause and say thanks to the miracle and magic that is the modern internet. Could you imagine if this shit had happened 10 years ago? Thanks, Al Gore. What? Thanks, Al Gore? Yeah. (laughs) Why, for the internet? Yeah. Isn't that the thing? Al Gore created the internet? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I don't know. I'm going to Google you that certainly shit. certainly created global warming, motherfucker. <laughs> oh. oh, this. Oh, maybe I could do this. Uh. Oh, oh, that's better. Oh, except my fucking screen's all beyonce To the left, to the left. Champs texted somebody on the back too. No, 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 no. He back in the nineteen eighties, Al Gore promoted legislation that funded an expansion of what became public access to the internet. So we can thank Al Gore for allowing the internet to be more public. That's why I knew Al Gore was associated with some internet bullshit. But if you listen to QAnon... <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. All the, all the conservatives are associated with something on the internet. Yo, so uh, better address that quickly. What oh, do you think of that fucking uh, almost crazy insurrection on the Capitol two and a half weeks ago, or two weeks ago plus a day? Are you talking about Alabama's redneck rising? Yeah, well, I'm talking about the storming of the Capitol building. Yeah. It's more like a fucking drunken frat party. Yeah, like, like you know, what an uprising with Alabama rednecks would look like. Like, you know, it just proves that <laughs> that no, there's a lot of shitty people out there that do shitty things that are also dumb as shit. Yeah. I, I'm going to, uh, like, focus on the dumb as shit. My my family comes from Alabama. My grandmother and all of her heritage comes from Alabama, so I'll make fun of Alabama and, and those fuckers till I'm dead. Fuck, yeah, fair enough. Fuck, those red, fuck that redneck. You can throw that brick. I can throw that brick. I can throw that brick. Boom. Take that, Alabama. 
Just like yeah. you, you got you got Alberta on lock, right? You got Alberta on lock for us because you're from Alberta, so you can throw shit that way, and I'll throw shit at Alabama, and we're set. I, I think, honestly, though, I'm tired of just throwing shit at them. I mean, I want them to realize that this it's a choice being like that. You know what I mean? It's like, how are we going to ridicule them for believing something? No, how about I just keep showing them another information that's contrary to, like, what's there? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can win any hearts and minds over with fucking ridicule. You know what, Christopher? Like, what are you going to pray the gay away? <laughs> you know what, Christopher? That's very good conflict resolution right there. Some good collaborative problem like, solving. Right, it's not great problem solving. No, there's still going to be misinformation out there. But at the same time, I I when that all happened on the sixth, I had one of my lifelong friends like really just say, "Oh, like he was on the QAnon bus." I'm like, "Oh, those were I hear the, they were Antifa supporters." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, Antifa supporters." When everybody and on Twitter has said they're not Antifa supporters, and a lot of these people are showing up like, like. They're showing up in white supremacist groups and some are off-duty cops and some are QAnon followers. Like, this is the cesspool that Trump has been rallying for himself. And he's like, well, I can't trust what media goes out there. I'm like, okay, well, then just look at it. Like, five people died. That shit is unacceptable. They disrupted a government process. If they were black, they'd have been killed before they got to the steps. No, you're And these are facts you can't deny, right? Like... I'm not saying that looting and rioting shouldn't have happened. In, obviously, it shouldn't have, like, this summer, right, with Black Lives Matter. But, like, to show that and not identify that there was a double standard at that whole thing, that's what I want you to realize, that, like, that that exists. And, and then we all took the conversation offline, and, like, he was like, I just don't – I don't know what to believe, right? I get one – thing from the media news and then I get all these feeds from my media feed and I'm all like I mean I I try to just I told him I try to choose just choose three bases that I've I've considered fact check. I listened to the BBC World Update and the World Service. I I listened to the New York uh Times and uh in here in Ottawa I'll occasionally pick up the uh what is it? The, not the sun, the other one. The citizen. The citizen, yeah. So I'm like... They're owned by the same and person. Then again, yeah, I'll pretty much all owned by the same person, but like at the same time, I'll also reach out to like the, uh, the Atlantic for some publications. Forbes. You know what I mean? Some other outwardly bit. Oh, also, like, here's the thing is like... I think that like that's a good place to start and that's where I definitely go. I also um, try to follow uh, like some independent media as well who don't necessarily have an affiliation one way or another. I, I personally have a lot of issues with Jesse Brown with Canada land, but like their reporting is legit. Um, Justin Ling is a fantastic person to follow for these types of things. Um, you know, I'll I'll follow the Independent and the Guardian sometimes. Not so much the Guardian, like the Guardian sometimes the Guardian, pops up. Yeah. Um, and then for like sometimes a more conservative slant because we're both more liberally, I think, biased naturally. Um, I'll hit. I'll take a look at the Hill. Like the Hill will be my conservative. Yeah, the Hill is good. I I won't dismiss anything coming out of the Hill. And don't get me wrong, I for a long period of my life was conservative based. And uh, I get where they're coming from. Money's important to us, but where the conservative movement is gone, you know what I mean? When, yeah. you, can, when you look at the Americans in the in the South and Democrats are considered, like by our standards up here, that, that guy's a conservative. Yeah, you know no, I mean? the Democratic Party is like further right than our conservative party of Canada, even though they're adopting Republican tactics. Like conservatives come into power, we're not stripping rights from from gay people. We're not stripping. Uh, we're not like delegalizing weed. We're 
it's, there's definitely going to be some attacks in certain areas, but it's not going to be to the same extent as Trump walking in and signing an executive order banning Muslims. Yeah, right? Shit like that. Uh, don't get me wrong. A lot of the the rhetoric coming out of the Alberta concern, the CPC out of Alberta, as well, as well as United Right, it's towing that line. It's towing that line, and they have been, like... I know this, and it, the the uh, the whole province of Alberta has felt hurt and taken advantage of, and and looked and basically looked down upon. They feel by the rest of the country. Going back to Trudeau Senior, so this is seeds of resentment that are now being covered more greatly because we're all connected. But those seeds are there, and I never really, I can almost consider myself one of those seeds. Oh, absolutely! In my twenties, I'd have been like. Fuck Ottawa, fuck the Liberal Party. They don't know shit. They, you know, like they just were a cash machine, right? And now when I moved out here and I really see a greater scale of like what is really out here and what really matters to Canada has changed my mind. And I wish people in Alberta could get just a, a, a hope and a, a, a glimpse of it. I'm not saying let's go to Quebec and like eat poutine until we fucking puke the fucking fear de lease into the fucking streets. I'm just saying, come on out and see. Just come on out and see. Well, there's, there's micro and macro when it comes to Canada, right? Like I was born and raised in Ontario and it wasn't until I was like 17 and went out to Vancouver for 15 months that like I started seeing different parts of Canada and started to get to really explore it in high school. No, that's not fair. Cause in high school I would, I did East coast, but like Ontario is closer to the East coast mentality than is close than it is to the West coast mentality or like the central, like the provincial, sorry, prairie uh, mentality too. So like it was one of those things where I was able to like gain a, a bigger perspective. And, but until you're out of your little bubble, like your little micro bubble, this is what matters to you. And this is what impacts you versus yeah. what impacts your community versus what impacts the country as a whole. And what might be best yeah, for your individual community, uh, it might not be impactful for another 34 million people. And that that's where issues arise. And Alberta's been one of those provinces where they've had their – They've had a lot of a lot of free reign uh, over the last number of decades around their own like an autonomy, which hey, that's fantastic. But you wanted your autonomy when you were making all that money, so now you got now that autonomy and you're not making that money. I'm sorry, but you like demanded this in the first place. <laughs> I think a real big unity move is after the COVID restrictions are lifted. Uh, the federal government would do wise into pouring large tax breaks uh, for remember when Canada uh, 2017, the celebrations happened and we could catch a fucking train for real cheap and all the parks cost like nothing for a parks pass. You get the parks pass for free. And if you were under a certain age, you could get an unlimited via rail travel thing for like 250 bucks. Yeah. Let's bring that shit back. But you want to fucking put the money back into the airlines? Give it, uh, give it thirty or forty percent off airline tickets domestically, and then give uh, students fucking half off, and give train parses half off, and come see the country, come well, see and understand each other. Well, here's the thing: is like what this whole COVID thing for me, like, and I, I get that this is a divisive issue and we're not going to focus on it for too much longer. Cause we got daddy shit to talk about. Um, but right. Yeah. It's mostly us catching. <laughs> I, I like this. This is good. We, we haven't had a chance to really catch up. It's just a shame that everybody else has to listen to us kind of like go back and forth on things. They're like, we're here for the daddy stuff. No, we're, you're here for us bitches. Um, yeah. This whole this whole coronavirus thing has shown to me that it's safer for me to travel in my own backyard than it is around the world because, you know, we've kept – as much as we're in stay-at-home orders and semi-lockdowns and shit like that, 
in Canada, our numbers have been relatively low in comparison. And, you know, there's been certain areas of Canada that have kept this in check so well that, like, you know, my next couple of years of traveling are going to be like, let's go back out to the East Coast. Let's go back out to the West Coast. I haven't been, like, Kate's been to a Callaway a bunch. We've got family up there. I've never been up there. I'd love to get up there. Um, you know, I'd even love to like, I've got friends in Edmonton that I haven't seen in years and, and family, um, family out in Vancouver and shit like that. Like, let's, let's do that. Like, I want to get back out into my own country. And I think that that's important for us to do. And that'll help with the economy too, right? It'll help us re-stimulate our own economy without being dependent on, you know, raising up other shit, you know, support each other. Yeah. That's it. That's basically, and that's all we have to say about that. And that's all we've got to say. Yeah. Cheers. Obviously, if you're watching on camera, I'm drinking a Laker Red. Uh, it's the cheapest shit on tap right now in Canada. $2 a tall boy. Uh, and uh, daddy's broke. Except for my whole brew that is being brewed this week. Yes, you are brewing shit this week. Yes, you are. Yeah, and it'll be done by Valentine's Day because I love myself. Oh, yeah. You know what? Before <laughs> before you leave, when we hang up, I'm going to go down and get that Mr. Beer kit for you. And you can see whatever you can use out of that. Yes. Use it. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, all right. Cool. So, you know what? Here's the thing. is like, I know this is a long story short. Not, it's not a long story short. That, that's stupid. I, it's been a long fucking, like, month. It's been a long year. And we're 21 days, 22 days into it. Yeah. And, like, I'm grateful that, I'm grateful that 2020 is over. But, like, 2021 hasn't been much easier, eh? Not at all. No. The kids, uh, everybody's going through this right now, too, with homeschooling here in Ontario. Uh, I When Eddie and Erica first started back in, when Edward started first back in September, uh, I called it uh, basically hurting fucking cats on the internet. Yes. And we immediately, yeah, and we immediately pulled him out of it and did homeschooling, and we because we could have that advantage, and right? There's three adults at my house. Yeah. Well, I was going to say our last little episode that we recorded is about that homeschooling and that one will be dropped. It's just, it's way out of date. And I just needed to acknowledge that we'll drop it, but that, that episode is way out of date. So when we're talking about some things in there, like when we're, when we're saying, Oh, schools are okay right now. We're lying. We're lying. Schools were not okay. Uh, <laughs> Schools were okay for parents who didn't want to pay attention to it. Thumbs right? up to that. Yeah. Bang. Bang. Yeah. All right. So, so you guys have been homeschooling. Ontario's in this kind of state where our parents have to be doing virtual learning. Has that really changed anything for you guys? Like the stay-at-home order? Now the stay-at-home, well, it affected me work-wise because two major contracts got put on postponed and hiatus, and it's going to be a trickle-down effect because as soon as everything opens up again, they're going to either want to do it right away, one of them, or they're going to want to wait until probably March. Okay. Along, you know, like, so personally around the home, no, it hasn't affected a lot. It, it has affected uh, me financially. That's about it. Yeah. No, I hear you on that. Personally, though, it has affected the kids. Like, they have this, uh, well, they get stir crazy. So we take them for walks, like, every day now. You got to walk them like the goddamn dog. Yeah. It's weird. So we do uh, the whole block, and we do a little, like, a little creek bed walk, and then... You know, they're outside for playtime before it's like the sun disappears. Uh, a really good regiment and uh, yeah, pretty much a good regiment routine of like, okay, we're tight. We're, we're all in bed by nine o'clock. So it's been good for that. But 
they are quicker at each other's throats and they are quicker to uh, be absolute dickheads to each other, you know, as one is when they're not like when they're in so close close quarters with each other. So well, that's you a, know, it's been a it's been a, yeah, that's that's the big thing is that once you have that familiarity with a person for so long, it's no longer that we're having fun together as much as we're stuck together. And then you keep punching in those numbers, 4, 8, 15, 23, 42, and you're like, fuck, we're going to get out of here, right? And you're like, sucks, Charlie's dead, I don't know, right? You know, I think that's where Lost really lost me is when they killed off Charlie. Right, right? You yeah. dr- you, Charlie drowned, motherfucker. There ain't no music. That man Total. survived so much shit to be killed in such a way I was not impressed. What do you have on his, like, hand, too? Not something's number or not... I don't know. It was, it was like a message to, to Penny, right? Oh, it's not Penny's boat. Or something like Penny's that. Penny's boat. Yeah, it's something about a boat. It's <laughs> or it's Penny's I don't know. I can't remember. I was... I don't know. I was super turned off. You know what? I've actually just as of today started rewatching 24 from the beginning. And all I have to say about that is that 24, once you start like rewatching it, if you've watched the entire thing before, um, it proves that whole Batman theory that like you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Because I'm like, Watching this being like, oh, that person becomes a villain, that person becomes a villain, that person becomes a villain, that person obviously becomes a villain. Oh, that person is a villain this season, we just don't know it yet. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, just threw it on all the cannon. I'm like, oh, no, no, all right, all of CTU is corrupt. <laughs> wow. Never got into 24. I'm still halfway through the wire, but... Good picks, too. So, yeah. Temper tantrums. Erica's got this real whiny <laughs> voice. When she's segue. Like, segue. What? Just temper tantrums. <laughs> just throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> One second. There's temper tantrums. There's no segue to this. Like, Jack, uh, whatever, fucking, what's his name there? Bauer? Uh, temper tantrums. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, speaking of speaking of the good child, <laughs> it's Jack. Named after Jack Bauer. Yeah. Mm. There you go. That's why you're rewatching 24. Yeah. No, actually, like, legit, when I got him, I was in a big 24 phase, and I named him Jack after Jack Bauer. Nice. I thought it was Jack. Isn't it Jack Ryan? Is it Jack Ryan in, in uh, Hunt for the Red October? That's Jack Ryan. That's Tom Clancy. Yeah. Tom Clancy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CIA operative bookworm I don't know whatever yeah Uh, but yeah like so we were going to talk about temper tantrums because that's new for Maddie and then you were like yeah I got some temper tantrum stories to tell which is good because we're not dealing with temper tantrums right now we're laughing at them because they're cute and adorable but they're not going to be cute and adorable forever yeah laughter rolling you so long you can laugh it off for a bit, but then you have to be like, okay, this is not amusing. Erica went from that. She was throwing little temper tantrums to being like, we can't, we would uh, not acknowledge the bad behavior. We'd just be like, let her do it. And I'd be like, you can't be like that. And she would stop them. But now she's in this progression of uh, absolute whining about everything. It just has this fucking Meryl Streep woe is me like Almost to the point of like you're overacting this shit. Like get over it. Like I, we can't even we even call her on it. We're like, you need to stop whining right now because it's not going to help you with your cause. But and then she's like pulls herself back and then like dusts her shoulders off and then just like ten minutes later we'll be back in the same spot. So. 
my advice to anybody got any advice for trying to deal with it but yeah with us it was uh with the temper tantrums when they were little we were just let the burn the energy out and like you say laugh at it first but like then at a serious point be like no can't act like that eddie oh first of all my daughter she had one of the worst temper tantrums when i think she was maddie's age maddie's a year and a half now right yep yeah, so we were at McDonald's Play Place. Eddie was like four and like, yay, when we told him, you know, it's time to go, it's time to go. This is like Erica's first time at a Play Place. And she's just like, this is awesome. And then we're like, no, it's time to go. She just like, was like, no. And we're like, yeah, no, it is. And then she's like, yeah, I just sat down and proceeded to like wail scream in a McDonald's thing. And like Eddie had... He, and she started to do it when Eddie had her stuff on. And I was like, thank God one of them's dressed. So I don't have to get them both dressed. So I, the first public temper tantrum was fucking horrible. Then when you look at a parent, you're like, you have to give them the fucking salute of like, we respect you. Like Hunger Games, crazy shit. Yeah, this is how fucking parents just looking at me like, wow, this is fucking full on meltdown. She's crying and like, Planking herself to like let go and like I can't I just grabbed her boots I grabbed her coat grabbed everything walked her as fast as I could out of the goddamn restaurant put her in the van where she just like continued to plank <laughs> and the only thing yeah she was planking in her car seat like ah! and I'm like we're gone now we have to go get mama don't you want to see Baba? And Eddie was like, I want to see Baba. Shut up, Erica. This is a four-year-old saying this to a year and a half. Like, shut up, Erica. And Erica had looked over like, no, no. And then she freaked out one more time. And I was just like, you want donuts, don't you? And she was just like, okay. And then like calmed herself at the promise of donuts. So it was not a great thing, but... <laughs> As soon as she calmed herself down, I ended up getting Timbits, gave her two, and then to prove how, like, tired she was, she had, she passed out with one and a half in her hand. She took a bite out of one, and was like, yeah, and then just fucking fell asleep, just passed out, so, yeah, it was, it was horrible. Oh, that's funny. We haven't... We haven't had a public temper tantrum yet because we haven't been able to take her in public, right? Yes. And the temper tantrums we have are are cute because they just kind of come out of the blue. Like, you know, when we're done playing with bubbles, or when I'm done playing with bubbles, right? Like, I got we're playing with bubbles in the morning, and 30 minutes later, Daddy's like, all right, let's do something else. Put the bubbles away, and then we have a meltdown. <clears throat> And they're funny because she does that drama thing too where she, she'll sit down on the floor and then she'll lie down on the floor and then she'll just like spread her arms out while she's crying and just be like, ah, ah, ah. and so like they're, it's why it's so funny. Like it's easy to laugh at. Um, <laughs> but yeah. the other, the other temper tantrums come when uh, like usually around food. So we were giving her Cheerios or like I was giving her Cheerios for a snack once. And I, we had two boxes of Cheerios in the pantry. One was closed, like sealed and the other one was open. So I grabbed the open box, poured some into her bowl and she lost her mind because she wanted Cheerios from the box that was still in the pantry, not the box of Cheerios that was already open. And like, threw the Cheerios everywhere, threw herself onto the ground and just lay there like just, ah! and once again, it was hilarious, but it's not, I, I understand that it's, it's hilarious right now. And maybe I just have the patience for it right now because every day is the same day. So a temper tantrum is a little bit off of the norm, but uh, I know that it's going to get to the point where discipline needs to be enacted. Right, where temper tantrums are going to result in not necessarily positive reinforcement, like, hey, you want a Timbit, but negative reinforcement where we're taking something away, uh, or you know, positive punishment where we're like grounding somebody. So like Eddie's Eddie's six, seven, seven. Eddie's seven, Erica's four, 
how do you like yeah. when when they throw when they have these like emotional meltdowns? Because we have to remember that temper tantrums are emotional in psychology in, in the psyche, right? Like it starts off with an emotion, which leads to a thought, which leads to an action, and emotions often skip the thought and go straight to the action. So when we see a temper tantrum, we know it's a strong emotion that's leading to an action. And that is not necessarily the action's fault or the child's fault for committing the action, but the emotion and the lack of control around that emotion. So how do you effectively bring in disciplinary measures with a child in recognizing that we want to validate how they're feeling, yet correct the behavior? I guess the biggest example I've seen of that or what we've done is like Erica has done that too, where she's like, I want cereal and she'll point to a cereal. And I'm like, that's nice, sweetie. I know you want that cereal, but this is the open version of that box. And we have to use up what is already open. We can't be wasteful because we've already instilled upon them that like being wasteful is horrible. You know, you can't, it's not good. Right. Yeah, yeah, but what you're trying to do is you're trying to prevent the temper tantrum there, which is good. I'm talking yeah. about repercussions. So it's not about the prevention part, but like, let's say that in that situation, Erica goes, no, fuck you, dad. And, you know, throws the box of open cereal on the ground and then sits down and wails and just continues to wail. And she's she's much bigger than Maddie is because Maddie's 17 months. So I can pick Maddie up and go and put her in her crib and, you know, calm down the sensory inputs uh, and outputs. But like you can't necessarily do that with a four year old in the way that I can do that with a one and a half year old. So let's say my wife can, but I certainly can. I'll pick up a four year old. (laughs) No problem. Daddy's got a car. No problem. I pick up sheets of drywall every day. No problem. Usually when it comes to that, if they're freaking out, we just be like, look, we don't want to have this. You go to your room. That's it. We go there now. Do they listen? What's that? Yeah, they listen. They do? Yeah. yeah. It's like either you can, you can just go to your room and have a timeout in your room because we don't want to hear any of this. This is not acceptable behavior right now. So – You've got your children well trained then, because like, what if what if there's some defiancy, right? Like, if we're looking at some child who might have um, attention deficit uh, hyperactivity disorder or uh, oppositional defiancy disorder, they're not going to just go straight to the room, right? Like ADHD, ODD, ADD, those types of symptoms in a lot of children that do exist are are all about the fact that we are inattentive or we are hyperactive or we are defiant in nature. I guess they don't have the fear of mom put into them. <laughs> what, what, like without corporal punishment though, what is the fear no, of no mom? No corporal punishment, but there's like a tone that even when Amanda invokes, I'm scared of. I don't know what it is, but at the same time, we also realize that like, Hey, you know, you, you Jesus, that's uh, it's a tough, tough one. I guess to for the parents out there that have that, right? Like, how much of a dick are you willing to be? Is at that point, right? And at what point? At what point does that being a dick become counterproductive to what you're doing, right? Because when I hear you say that Amanda has a tone that puts a fear into your children, uh, I think of. I think of the fear of losing a mother's love, right? Which is an irrational fear. It's an irrational fear because like a mother is always going to love their child. But when you're, when you as a child know that your mother is mad or disappointed in you, there's always that fear that she'll love you less. Yeah. That's, that's trauma in itself, right? That's a lot of trauma. And like, you know, if we unpack that clinically, we could be like delving into that for weeks on end. Um, and and yeah, I don't, I, I don't I think that that's the trauma that I'm talking about in regards to your children, but I think that that's something that could potentially be uh, a pusher because I know that I was always like, I was more okay with 
<coughs> with my father being upset with me than my mother being upset with me growing up. Maybe I'm just projecting. Maybe I'm just projecting. Maybe. I know Amanda, when she does get them to be like, you need to go to your room right now. She's like, I know you're upset. She actually does acknowledge like what they're feeling and what they're like doing. But she's like, I can't have you around there acting like this right now. It'll make mom upset. And you don't want mom upset. And I'll come up in 10 minutes. And she always does come up in about 10 minutes and be like, hey, are you okay now? I know that was upset, but we here's the reasons behind it. And usually Eddie is like, yep, pretty good. And Erica is usually because she's so young. She's just been like, oh, hey, you're back. Look, what's going on? Like she's worked it out herself, but like totally forgotten like a, like a goldfish bowl that like, no, I'm just playing in my room with stuff. I forgot, you know, so. But she does always identify that like to Eddie, I'm sorry that you're like upset over something. And I'm sorry that I didn't, I almost got upset. And thank you for coming up here and then being like, okay, are you feeling better and stuff like that? So, you know what? I, I figured out Amanda's strength there and it's empathetic assertiveness where, you know, it's not an aggressive tone. It's an assertive tone and the children respect it because there's a mutual respect given back. So that empathetic tone of going up and being like, I understand that this is how you were feeling that this is how I was feeling and this is how things happened. Here is why things happen that way. And here's how we can prevent that from happening in the future. And here's how what mommy can do. And here's what you can do. And it's very constructive in the way it's put together because it recognizes the emotions. And then ultimately when your kids act out of turn or, you know, have a temper tantrum and Amanda turns to them with a, that certain tone it's almost like I believe her when she says I will come up and we will deal with this in 10 minutes because there's been consistency to it and the end result has always been been a better result than how they're feeling currently. Yeah, and it's again, it's mostly so she doesn't lose her shit and freak out. Well, right? and that's like, important for, for a parent to like not lose their shit and freak out. <laughs> It's, uh, I, have a, I have a tougher time with Eddie about it because we're always joking and laughing and I'm like, I need you to stop. I need you to stop. I need you to stop. Especially because it's my little boy and, you know, he's trying to like prove his manliness by fighting me all the time. Like, I don't know. He's just, uh, or he's trying to kill me and be with his mom. One of the two, right? I, I'm not 100% sure onto it. But like, I have to like tell him to stop and tell him to stop. But when he doesn't, I'm like, you need to go upstairs because you're not listening. Like, you know, like I'll come up in a bit. So that's, it's been a good check. And I'm, I'm thankful that Amanda's had that. You know okay. what I mean? Like she's the one who instilled that behavior. Me, I'm like, I come home and I'm like, yay, super happy fun time. I kind of, I only reap the benefits of her like process. I've been like instilled upon just keeping that process. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> but I will take credit for it on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's what she's come up with. I'm letting her know right now. It's her. She's not going to hear it anyway, right? She's no. listening. Seriously. <laughs> well, that's yeah, no, but, yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah, probably the biggest, uh, biggest asset we've had for dealing with with Edward at first and now with Erica, she's a little harder to uh, stick to it with Bob. But when I ask her to do something or like I tell her, go upstairs, you can't act like this. I get why you're upset, but that's, you can't be like this. You got to have a timeout and then she'll instantly just drop the attitude and then head to her bedroom. And then Amanda's like, she's out to spite me, just to literally spite me. And I'm like, well, it's daddy's other daughters? Question mark? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Oh, you know, it's one of those things where I think of it like when, when Maddie has temper tantrums, sometimes, not that she has many of them right now, but sometimes 
what I'll do is I'll be like, all right, well, it's time for a nap. Then, like, I'll realize she might be overtired. And sometimes when I'm like, it's time for a nap, I'll open the gate to go upstairs and she will run over to go upstairs. And it's like, that's exactly what I needed, Dad, is I needed a nap. Um, other times I'll make that suggestion and she'll sit down on the ground and be like, no, 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 no. But I'll carry her up and I'll put her down for her nap and she'll be asleep within like three minutes. So like, I, I like that whole idea where like there's that comfort in the room or there's that comfort in your own space where mommy and daddy only come into at certain times. But other than that, this is your space. And so when you're upset or angry, we, you know that it's safe for you and we know that it's safe for you and we want to encourage you to go there and you like to go there. So you can and we'll let you. And it helps kind of de-escalate some of that situation, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, having their own little zones is is critical. I I feel for parents in like larger cities and larger like tighter suburb areas that don't necessarily have the luxury of like bedrooms or any of those timeout areas. That would be very difficult to manage a situation like that. And so shout out to you guys. If you're doing that same thing, anybody, if we have them somewhere, but you know, no, that's fair. We are, you're right. You're right. There's a level of privilege to the fact that I, we both have the space that our, our children have their own individual rooms. And that's something that I don't always necessarily consider when I'm just shooting yeah. shit with buddies. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you imagine like, <laughs> It'd be weird to like. No wonder, like these trauma incidences happen in, in, for kids and stuff like that. If there is no place, could you imagine that? Like, how would you deal with that if you were living in like a one bedroom in New York or like a shanty town in Mexico or like who knows, right? Like, well, in, in in that situation, also we have to take a look that like. Family means a lot of different things to many different cultures. And, True. And so, like, there are some some cultures that, that really bring family together at the foremost of, of their living situations. And they're willing to, you know, sacrifice space for togetherness. Um, but, you know, like, I, I think back to, as well as, like, it also comes down to personal personal preference. Like... I like having my own space. So if I like having my own space, I would want my child to have their own space. So that way I can still have my own space. Yeah. That's, uh, I realize I don't really have that except for the van. It was just yeah. funny. Cause you're in the van right now. Right now. Yeah. Uh, I spend more time in the van than I do, I think, in my bedroom. <laughs> no, because no, I sleep in my bedroom, whatever, right? But, like, I certainly spend more time in my in my van than I do in my living room okay. than I would in my, like, uh, dining room. God, I don't know. Guess I should just put, like, a little cook stove back here. A little Bunsen burner. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Watson living in a van for a couple months. I get you now. I get you, bro. He's been living you. in a van for like three years. This is true. This is true. Or He's currently back in Canada, not living in a van. He's been living in a van pretty much ever since since he moved to to England. I know he's back now, but yeah. I, he moved to England like what a year into me doing comedy. So it's been like what five, six years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was in England for, yeah, at least two years. And then uh, the one year, of course, way to pick a time to go to fucking Australia, man. Oh, COVID. Right? Is he in, is he <laughs> in Australia? He was. He was, oh. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Ow. Oh. So what else you uh have been having with parenting stuff uh you well, temper tantrum we've talked that yeah well uh, you know what i'll, I'll kind of just to, to wrap that up i i think i had i think i had something to wrap that up with but 
I can't really remember. Oh, it was about the spacing issues. And, uh, and that was a big thing is like when I was with my ex-wife, we had decided that we would start talking about children in our early thirties rather because we got married at 25. Well, I was 25. She was 23. Um, so we were, we were younger and we said we'd kind of hold off, but we were living in a one bedroom apartment. And one of the stipulations that we'd set for ourselves is that we wouldn't have a child until we had at least one set of stairs in a house <laughs> because that way there could be guaranteed space. <laughs> and, you know, that was, that was a big thing. And so like when we bought a house, um, in Carlton place, you know, that the house that had some mini issues and a ghost or two, um, it, it was like, I like, remember Courtney Love Fundy. I Courtney, remember Courtney Love Fundy. You know, yes. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Courtney Love. What a hole. Um, when we moved there and that was kind of like where we, I, where I, not her, but where I started being like, okay, I guess like, there's stairs now, so like kids are more in the forefront, and uh, and yeah, and now it's like now I've got two sets of stairs, I got a basement and an upstairs, and so what? now I have a kid, I have a kid with two sets of stairs, so I have exceeded expectations. <laughs> Check mark, yes. Check mark, yes. Um, <laughs> You know what? There's there's lots of other things that we should probably like talk about, but we've been going for an hour. Yeah, we should probably cap that. People don't want to hear us talk for a Exactly. Than an hour. We can talk about like here's the thing, is like what I want us to talk about at some point is is I know that like time is a construct, but when we measure things in, in days and weeks and months and years. But 2020 was an exceptionally hard year for a lot of people. So something that I want us to kind of talk about on our next episode, which is why I'm throwing this out there right now, is I want to kind of, I want us to look at what did we learn in parenting in 2020? Because like you had a six-year-old turn seven, a three-year-old turn four. I had a zero-year-old turn one. Um, you know, we, we're, we're at like the lower end spectrum of, of age when it comes to children. But, you know, we're also at the peak of their development. So something that I've been doing is I've been watching like everything, like where Maddie is learning different things every single day. And she's she's bringing them back in. And I've been learning different things from her because I'm like, oh, this is how to handle this type of outburst. And this is how to handle this emotion. And sometimes we have to read this fucking book 20 times in a day just to, just to calm everybody else's nerves. Um, but I want us to kind of take some time to maybe think about and talk about the things that we learned through the last year. And uh, the things that we feel might be now we've built us up as strengths as dads and maybe some of the weaknesses that we've realized in that, that we need to work on over the next year. How does that sound for you, buddy? Sure. Homework. I feel, I feel like I'm <laughs> wrapping up a therapy session where I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm bringing everything together and being like, here's where I'd like us to start to move to words for our next session. Are you okay with that, sir? I'm okay with that. Those uh, sessions are great. We'll see you next Friday. Uh, Fridays work for me. <laughs> Is today Friday? <laughs> Today's Friday. You don't care. You never listen to me. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I take Fridays off. Like Fridays are the first day of my weekend. So I know it was Friday. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. I don't it. Brap, brap. <laughs> strength and stuff it's something for next week all right cool lovely listeners lovely listeners thank you for coming and listening to two friends catch up um <laughs> it's, it's well i have a more cohesive uh, thing and if you want to give us some information on what you thought you did well last year um yeah, fucking. At uh, we got daddy issues at gmail dot com. Yeah, uh, we're on we're on uh, uh, Twitter at we got dad issues. Uh-huh. 
Fuck yeah. Uh, we got Instagram. <laughs> we got Daddy Issues. Uh-huh. And Daddy Issues is Champion King Curry on Facebook. Fuck yeah. That, that is the hottest that you have ever said that because that's the first time you've ever said it fully correct. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Look, 2021 is excellent. <laughs> Look, no, this is fan- this is fantastic. Let us know because you know what? If you send us information about like what you learned over the last year in parenting, that makes our lives a lot easier. And also, Champ is, was on the fence about releasing this as a video, but I think he should. What do you guys think? We'll see. <laughs> I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. I'll see what Jesus says. <laughs> Jesus walks with you, motherfucker. Post that video.